0: With LED lighting, beautiful waterfalls, and those super powerful water jets installed in just one day. You're going to love it. Proudly made in America, use the promo code Hannity in the upper right-hand corner. That's masterspas.com for up to $1,000 off. You can exercise, relax, recover with the only hot tub and swim spa brand I trust, masterspas.com. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. All right, so I have insomnia, but I've never slept better. And what's changed... Just a pillow. It's had such a positive impact on my life, and of course, I'm talking about my pillow. I fall asleep faster, I stay asleep longer, and now you can too. Just go to mypillow.com or call 800-919-6090. Use the promo code Hannity. And Mike Lindell, the inventor of My Pillow, has the special four-pack. Now you get 40% off two My Pillow premiums and two Go Anywhere pillows. Now My Pillow is made here in the USA, has a 60-day unconditional money-back guarantee, and a 10-year warranty. All right, glad you're with us. I know you're angry. I know you're frustrated. I know you're annoyed. I know you feel betrayed. I feel exactly the same way that you do. I am not giving up, and it's, you know, certain things in life that you're going to just have to fight for. And, you know, it's, it's something that we shouldn't have to fight for because promises were made to us. And, um it it just is what it is i mean you know look in all of life you're going to face trials tribulations obstacles difficulties things that you don't want to have to face you know and unfortunately we've just got to pound our way through these things and i got to give the president credit he's now been meeting with the senators i guess twice now and they just finished a meeting and out of the meeting they're going to have this vote next week a repeal vote and what I took out of McConnell and he was there with John Thune and Senator Cornyn, what I took out of his comments was, oh, we're going to offer amendments. And let me interpret that in Washington speak. Oh, we'll try and bribe the four senators that told us they wanted to repeal it, but now have gone backwards. Now, it's, this is where the frustration comes down to for me. I actually, in my heart, believe that this is working out better. Having a full repeal, and and this was Rand Paul's idea a long time ago, and he was on the program. I said, yeah, I support that idea 100%, but it's just, when we saw in the House that a 100 of the, the, the House Republicans had no intention of a real repeal and replace, I think now the pressure is going to be so massive that they're going to have to do it because they will lose their jobs in 2018. And I will name names, and we will name names on this program. And we will make sure that you have the ability to, you will know full well every single person that promised to repeal Obamacare and then doesn't support it. And so it comes down to, you got these four senators, and we're going to play them for you. Lisa Murkowski from Alaska. Let's let's go one at a time. You know. Lisa Murkowski, this was when was this said? This was May of 2017. Murkowski's committed to repealing Obamacare. Cut two. Listen to this.
1: want to share with you today where I am at on health care reform. First of all, I remain committed to repealing the Affordable Care Act. In, in Alaska, we are down to to one provider in the individual market. The state has been forced to spend its extremely limited uh, general fund dollars to stabilize that market, even as our premiums are, are still rising. So you've got rising premiums. We've spent a lot as a state to attempt to stabilize, and and we, we have just one uh, provider on the individual market.
0: Okay, Lisa Murkowski, will you please explain to me why it is you supported that then? And how many of how many of these senators, Linda? We looked at it up this morning, and I forgot off the top of my head how many of them. Three of the four voted to repeal it.
2: Back yeah, every, 2015? everybody but Collins. Collins did not vote to repeal in 2015.
0: Okay, so everybody but Susan Collins vote, but we have Susan Collins on record saying she'd repeal Obamacare
2: in 2013.
0: And, right, this is. I, let's go to Susan Collins next. We'll go out of order here. This is her in November of 2013. Let's play the longer cut, saying she will repeal Obamacare.
3: Mr. President, thousands of Mainers are receiving notices that their health insurance is being canceled due to Obamacare. This past weekend, I talked with Mark Pendergast, the owner of a small landscaping company, who just found out that the premiums for his small business plan will jump by 54% next year due to Obamacare. He can't pay that and stay competitive, and his workers can't afford it either. Their share of the premium will go up by $740 next year. One of the major reasons that I strongly opposed the Affordable Health Care Act was that there was nothing affordable about it. I predicted it would lead to fewer choices and higher insurance costs for middle income families and small businesses. Congress must work together to address the very real health care concerns of the American people and the budget realities we face. Repealing Obamacare poorly crafted and misguided mandates and replacing the law with a fiscally responsible reform bill that contains costs and provides more choices is the best path forward. Thank you, Mr. President.
0: Oh, thank you, Mr. President. So, there you have Alright, so now we got Lisa Murkowski, then you got Susan Collins, all committed. Now, Susan Collins didn't vote for repeal in 2015, but Well, Lisa Murkowski did and Rob Portman did and Shelley Moore uh, Capito did. You know, let's listen to Shelley Moore. Let's listen to what she says about repealing Obamacare.
4: Later this week, the Senate will consider a bill to repeal Obamacare, a costly disaster that four years later, six, five years later, we see has cost countless people uh, access to their doctor access to their health care plan of their choice and the thousands of West Virginians from my state who have lost or had to change their coverage. We ought to ask individuals and families whose premiums and deductibles have skyrocketed and the small businesses who have been forced to cut hours and employees. Americans deserve a health care system that works for them. And we know that Obamacare is not it. There is a better way.
0: Oh, there is a better way. Repealing Obamacare. Rob Portman. What a disappointment in Rob Portman. All right, listen to what he says.
5: In 2010, um, I don't think that many of my Democratic friends thought they were voting for a bill that would kill jobs. I really don't. I don't think they would have voted for it. I can't believe that they thought that Obamacare would drive up premium costs and make health care harder to get as it has. But that is what's happening, and that's why I believe it needs to be repealed and replaced Today here in the United States Senate and tomorrow as we debate this and vote on it, we've got a chance to move the ball forward and show people that at least a majority here in the United States Congress agree we ought to address this issue. Uh, This vote will show that there are some here in Congress who are listening and have some answers. Our job is to do what's right and that's to pass this legislation to repeal and replace Obamacare To give us a chance to get rid of some of the most detrimental aspects of it that are eliminating jobs, that are pushing health care costs higher and higher.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, they've gone higher and higher. Now, I'm not sure how this is. I'm going to tell you what I predict is going to happen. And this is very key. I'm going to predict that they're going to have a motion uh, on the floor of the Senate next week. And they're going to push to get this done. And then what they're going to do is what what Congress always does and will frustrate the living hell out of all of us. Then they're going to start bribing those few senators they need to get this thing over the finish line. I'm just, I'm just telling you. Then they're going to bulk it up with extra spending that is unnecessary and blow the budget out on it to get it done. With that said, let's see how bad it is, and let's see in the end if we can support it. Here's the problem. You know, Washington doesn't work the way— all of you go about your daily life. You know, there's a reason on this program we have been talking to Dr. Josh Umber since 2012. Do you realize That's five years we have been trying to show, and we know Washington listens to this program and watches Hannity. For five years, we have tried to tell them for $50 a month, you get unlimited concierge care A doctor on call 24-7, you have his cell phone number. Everything is included in the $50 a month that Dr. Umber negotiates directly with the pharmaceutical company. So if you walk out of his office and you have high blood pressure, your medicine goes with you at a 95, 98% discount. If you have a cholesterol issue, you walk out with your medicine and you go back to the office to get the medicine or they just mail it to you, which is a smart thing to do. That includes stitches, that includes broken bones, that includes x-rays and procedures. And it's all 50 bucks a month. Now that is concierge care for the men and women in this country that make the country great. And he's been able to duplicate his mod- his specific model. I think they've, they've done over 300, 400 practices around the country. And then other people have come up with the same innovation. It's not brain surgery. If you have kids, it's only 10 bucks a month. And then a 98% discount if they have an ear infection for the bubble gum medicine that they have to take. And then you get a free follow-up visit. And that's all included in your $10 a month for your child. I mean, it's crazy. Now you couple that with catastrophic care. Catastrophic care under Obamacare is illegal. Can you imagine? Catastrophic care is what every 20 and 30-year-old needs. It incentivizes a checkup a year. You have to hire the deductible then the less the premium is every month. If you can afford, say, a $10,000 deductible, you're going to pay less. But that's catastrophic care. That's what insurance is. If you have the bad accident, if you have a heart attack at a young age, which very few people do, if you have cancer, God forbid, then you're covered. Everything's going to be covered once you pay the initial deductible. That's what insurance is all about. You know, what, if you know, If you have insurance on your car, it's if you have an accident. And then if you have insurance, let's say you don't necessarily have to have insurance on your particular vehicle, but if you have insurance on your vehicle, then you hand it over to the insurance company and say, give me a new one. And that's how it usually works out, or they'll give you a a, a settlement offer depending on the age of your car. And that's what insurance is for, and that's how insurance works. And so the the most frustrating thing in all of this is, all of these years, give us the House, give us the Senate, give us— the, the White House, and we're going to repeal and replace Obamacare. You know, all of these same people promise this. Now, I don't know. I mean, none of us are perfect. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. I got it. But this is such a big promise. I can't understand why this is not rock-solid deal done, and it should have been done in January when Donald Trump became the president, and it could have been done. And then when you look at the history and you've got, since 2011, the Republican-controlled House voted 60 to 68 times to repeal and delay or defund parts of Obamacare. Well, where's the action now? So those were show votes to make us think that they were going to do something they never had any intention to do. Well, that's called bait and switch. That's called fraud. Now it's the moment of truth. Now it matters. And if Republicans want to be successful in 2018, You know, I keep telling you, this is one of the four big things they need done. They need at least two, three hundred miles of the border wall built. They need Obamacare repealed and beginning the, the transition to replacement. There needs to be an energy revolution where millions of high paying career jobs take place. And then, of course, we need the president's economic plan. Not that hard. What's the president's economic plan? The president's economic plan is, okay. middle class tax cuts, corporate tax cuts, repatriation, Energy independence, and we get the economy moving again. All right, 800 941 Sean is our toll free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program
6: covert operative Mitch Rapp is ready for anything, but this time the enemy is ready for him. Read Order to Kill, the explosive new novel in Vince Flynn's number one New York Times best-selling Mitch Rapp series. Because of unscrupulous members of the Pakistani secret service, Rapp finds himself chasing false leads in an effort to keep Pakistani nukes from falling into the hands of terrorists. Soon it becomes alarmingly clear that the forces in Moscow are bent on fomenting even more chaos and turmoil in the Middle East. And Rapp must go deep into Iraqi territory, posing as an American ISIS recruit. There, he uncovers a plan more dangerous and insidious than he ever expected. One that could have far-reaching and catastrophic consequences. Written with the same relentless action as Vince Flynn's greatest novels, Mitch Rapp's latest adventure is as timely and provocative as ever. Order to Kill. A Mitch Rapp novel by Kyle Mills is now in paperback wherever books are sold.
0: All right, so Senator Ted Cruz was in the meeting with the president. He's going to join us at the bottom of this half hour. We'll get a flavor for what was discussed. And as he's been saying, failure is not an option here. So we'll see what he's saying and what what that means. But, you know, i got to tell you something. One of the things that Senator Cruz did, it's the same thing that the Freedom Caucus did in the House, is they actually very smartly figured out, okay, the American people are being burdened with higher and higher premiums and less coverage. How do we lower premiums for the American people? And if you can lower premiums and create competition and you create free market competition, then you're going to end up with better services because you have more companies competing for your health care dollars. It's not any more complicated than that. All right. I see that Jamie Dupree wrote me. He's updating me on health care. He said, bottom line is GOP health care plan not dead. Flurry of talks underway on Capitol Hill To come up with a plan that can get the needed votes for Senate approval. Group of senators are meeting tonight if they can revive a plan to repeal, replace. Oh, good grief. These people are frustrating. I'd rather just repeal the thing and and let's go from there. GOP leaders say there will be a vote next week to start debate on the health care on the Senate floor. Motion to proceed. The idea of repeal only and then wait to replace is now Lamar Alexander said he thought. It might not get forty vote. Well, who are the other people? Oh, good grief! This is so frustrating. This is so. They're so pathetic. These people. It, you know, it's not an option here. It's just not an option. After all these years, this is the position we find ourselves in. It's what's today's date? It's July nineteenth, and now we're now we're still fighting for the number one promise they made for seven years. You know, I keep saying I like my idea. I want, the, I want these people in a room together. I want to take away their air conditioning. I really do. I want Our founders and framers didn't have air conditioning. You know what? Put them in a room. Throw their phones away so they can't be leaking the whole time they're in there. I'll, I'll send some beer and pizza and Wendy's and hamburgers and KFC. I'll send it all in. I'll send in Coke and Sprite, water and sit there and let them sweat until they and put up on the on a big blackboard promises made to the American people and serving the American people and you know what if they can't get it done at that point then get a new leader find somebody and keep them in the room and don't let them out maybe give them one minute bathroom break every six hours Take a quick break. We'll come back. 800-Senator Ted Cruz when we get back as we continue Sean Hannity show. All right, 25 to the top of the hour, Eight hundred nine four one 941 sean if you want to be a part of the program. Senator Ted Cruz has been doing some pretty amazing work. I mean, all throughout the health care debate in the House, he was working arm-in-arm with the Freedom Caucus guys. And he's been working. You know, there, there's certain people that have a sense of urgency, certain people that roll up their sleeves, certain people that actually get things done. And all throughout, you know, the time, I sp- I can't tell you how many hours. I remember the day that it failed in the House and I talked to Mark Meadows that Friday and he was going home and he was depressed and he's upset. And I said, well, stop. You just you, now you roll up your sleeves, you dig in harder. And God bless Mark Meadows and Jim Jordan. And then they were working very closely with Senator Cruz and a few others in the Senate and and they got it done. It wasn't perfect, but it was far better than what we have. And it was focused on premium reduction, which is what Senator Cruz, the exact thing that he was able to pull off in the Senate, which was a great addition. By the way, Senator Cruz is with us now. Hey, Senator. How are you? John, good afternoon. Good to be with you. Don't you like when you're listening on the line and I'm saying something nice about a politician <laughs> and it happens to be you? Uh, well, well it, it, it's, oh, it's, it's true, than, by the way. It's 100 percent true. <laughs> All right. So here's what I want to ask you. Um, well, let's go through. There was a really, really good study, and I thought it was very well deserved because I know the amount of time and effort that you put into this. And it was in the Washington Examiner, yeah. and it was a health and human services analysis finding that your amendment lowered premiums, boosted enrollment, and offered better care.
7: Uh, th- 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 that's exactly right. So HHS studied the Consumer Freedom Amendment and had to assess what the impact would be, and, and they compared it to Obamacare. And, and the differences are striking. What what they found is that the Consumer Freedom Amendment, which is the amendment I drafted that says you, the consumer, should have the freedom to choose the insurance you want, to purchase what you want. It shouldn't be the federal government mandating what you have to buy. You should be able to decide what you and your family need. And, and the way it works is it... it if people want to buy plans that are subject to all the Obamacare mandates, they can. There'll still be those plans on the market. But they can also buy additional plans that meet their family's needs. And what HHS found is the Consumer Freedom Amendment increases enrollment by 2.2 million people in the year 2024. Obamacare, the baseline, is projected to be 13.9 million. With the Consumer Freedom Amendment, rises to 16.1 million people in the individual market. That's an increase of 2.2 million people that are additionally getting health insurance. But not only that, the impact on premiums is dramatic. So HHS projects that under Obamacare, the average premium per person per month will be $845 under the Consumer Freedom Amendment. The average premiums for plans with the Obamacare mandates drops from 845 down to $380, which is a decrease of $5,580 a year, and even more incredibly, the freedom plans, the plans that are outside of the, the, the mandates… Those drop to two hundred and forty dollars a month, from eight forty-five to two forty. How do you pull this off? It, it, it is—it's the power of freedom and competition. That—that that saves people over seven thousand dollars a year, seven thousand two hundred and sixty dollars a year. It is a seventy-two percent decrease in premiums, which is a win-win for everyone.
0: That is a, a phenomenal, you know. One of the things for all these years, Senator, I've had this guy. He's going to be on at the top of the next hour, Dr. Josh Umber. I don't know if you've ever seen him or heard him on my radio show or seen him on TV, but this guy's amazing. Do You know, for $50 a month, you get unlimited care and he negotiates directly with pharmaceutical companies and that he gets a 96 percent reduction. And then he offers kids at 10 bucks a month. And if you add a catastrophic plan to it with a reasonably a medium-high deductible of $5,000 or so, that covers accidents, cancer, and a heart attack. You're, you're totally covered for like $150, 200 a month. And it's like, what, where is government thinking through the process of what you went through? What, I know that guys like Jim Jordan and, and Mark Meadows work with you on in the House bill, and what guys like Dr. Josh Humber are doing.
7: Well, it, it, it's basic free market principles. It's economics 101, that if you want lower prices, you want more choices, more competition. If you want higher prices, you want fewer choices and less competition. And that's what Obamacare does. It, it allows fewer choices, which has caused premiums to skyrocket. The average family's premiums under Obamacare have risen over $5,000 a year. And you know, one way of uh, analyzing it, it, it would be like the federal government mandating that the only cars that can be sold in America are fully loaded Cadillacs, and, and that lets politicians say, see, everyone gets a fully loaded Cadillac. Well, that's great if, if you have the money to buy a Cadillac, but if, if you don't happen to have the resources to do that… You know, you might be happy getting your little VW Bug, which maybe it's not a fancy (laughs) Cadillac, but it'll
0: get you to work and and back. Hey, Senator, I bought $200 Vans and $300 Ford Mavericks, and I fixed them myself because I had no money. I know exactly (laughs) what you mean. And by the way, I was happy to have a car that works.
7: Sure, and and, and let people let people have choice and freedom. I, that, that's how the marketplace works. And and the, the fundamental flaw behind Obamacare is is the federal government telling you, Sean, you don't get to pick your health insurance. We're going to tell you the only options you can get, and and we're going to drive up the costs in the process. That, that doesn't work, and, and, and it's why so many people are hurting under
0: Obamacare. And when it even got worse than that, because we were taking young people, and as if we haven't stolen enough money for yes. future generations, and you're forcing them... To buy plans they never wanted, never needed, instead of like a catastrophic plan, yep, and, which is illegal under Obamacare, which is unbelievable. And then they were subsidizing the, the poor and the uninsured and the elderly, which is not their job. You are
7: exactly right. No one was more hammered under Obamacare than young people, and it jacks up their premiums, sometimes doubles or triples their premiums, not to care for their health care. But to use them to cross-subsidize other people, and, and it's really unfair to young people. The Consumer Freedom Amendment solves that, and, and the Consumer Freedom Amendment is in the current draft of the Senate bill. In addition, there's another amendment I drafted, which is allowing people to use health savings accounts to pay insurance premiums. I love that. That's illegal right now. What that means is immediately for millions millions of Americans. That is an effective reduction in your premiums of of 20 to 30%. Depending on whatever your marginal tax rate is, you can pay your premiums with pre-tax dollars. That's immediate bang for the buck right in the get-go, and that is in the bill right now. It's the provision I drafted. Those two together really have an impact helping people be able to afford the health insurance that that, that you you and
0: your family want and need. Senator, I read years ago patient power – Ah uh, Musgrave and Goodman out of the Cato Institute. I have been preaching this for years. It, it's refreshing. Um, let me ask you this: Is is the repeal only dead because of these four senators—Capito um, and Murkowski and Portman and Collins? Is it is it dead? Are you now back to negotiating the other deal? And do you think I was surprised? Mike Lee, I know he's a friend of yours. I was surprised he bailed out because of your provision.
7: Yeah. Uh, you know, look, I, I continue to believe we can get this done. Uh, we all just left having lunch with the president at the White
0: House. and, and Well, I want to ask you about that, too. Well, How did it, that go? It,
7: it was a very good lunch. Uh, the president hosted it. The vice president was there. The secretary of HHS, Tom Price, was there. And you had all or virtually all of the Republican senators were there. Uh, and it was a good two, two-and-a-half-hour discussion that was that was meaty. It was substantive. And I think we're making real progress. That, that that we're moving towards coming to agreement. It's not easy to bring together 50 out of 52 Republicans. There there's some wide wide differences uh, in the conference, uh, but I believe we can get it done. And I, I think it was helpful for the president to host that and really to urge everyone to come together and get it done. And, and I think the key to unity, to unifying the Republican conference, to bringing together conservatives and moderates and everyone on the same page, is focusing like a laser on reducing premiums, because that that's a win for everybody. And so that's that's what I've been trying to do, is really focus everyone's attention and, on lowering premiums. And I think we're making real
0: progress in that regard. I, I watched your interview on Fox immediately after the White House meeting today, and you said what I've been saying, and that failure is not an option. Yep. And, I, I, you know, look, I could tell you right now, the the anger in my audience yes. is beyond palpable. and For, and for the, good reason. And the argument is, and, by the, and you were right, you know, we learned a lot in 2013, and I remember I supported you. You went to the Senate floor and you rightly said, we have constitutional authority and power. It's the power of the purse. And instead of the 68 votes that they had since 2011 to repeal, defund, and do this and do that. It was all show votes. And we learned that when the House was debating, there were like 100 Republicans that never had any intention of keeping that promise because when it meant something, they did nothing. And then you were excoriated for saying, we can get it done now. Right. And you became the bad guy. And then they started predicting, oh, look what Ted Cruz, if we lose in 2014, it's his fault. But yet it, in reality, you were the only principal person saying, well, I'm, I'm here to keep my promise.
7: Well, and not only did we not lose in 2014, we won big in 2014. We retired Huge. nine Democratic senators, retired Harry Reid as majority leader, and took the Senate. And then we won big in 2016. And front and center in those elections was the promise to repeal Obamacare. Exactly. I think we have to honor that promise. And, and if we fail to do it, having the White House and both houses of Congress, I, I think it, every one of us will look like fools and, and and I don't want that to happen. I am working night and day to try to bring Republicans well, I know that's together. True. Let's honor our promise.
0: You know, and you may not even know this, but in when the House hit the same road bump or that you're hitting, I spent a lot of time on the phone with the Freedom Caucus guys, sure. and I, there were nights I was talking to them at one, two in the morning, and they were talking to you on the other line at one and two in the morning. Yep. And you're not even a member of the House, but what you were trying to do is get a bill that w- would also work in the Senate so that that you wouldn't get to conference and have it blow up there. Right. And, and the Freedom Caucus did a terrific job in the
7: House. They the, really did. The, the leaders, Mark Meadows, Jim Jordan, are, are good principled guys. They're, they're good friends, and, and, and they improved the bill in the House. Uh, and I think the bill has improved significantly in the Senate, adding the Consumer Freedom Amendment and HSAs for premiums. Both of those are major provisions that lower lower premiums, and and that's a big win.
0: Does that bring Mike Lee back on board? Does this bring Rand Paul on board? Does this bring Susan Collins and Portman and and Markowski and, and Capito on board? <sighs> you, you know, from from everything I've seen,
7: uh, Rand Paul and Susan Collins, I I, I think are going to be noes uh, almost regardless what we do. Well,
0: that's it. We don't have any more margin for her. So, so we we I, I, if
7: we lose those two votes. We can't lose anybody else. Um, you know, I, I am hopeful. I, I, I know Mike Lee wants to support the bill. He and I have worked very closely on the am You want me to call him freedom. and start
0: yelling at him and beat him up? Oh, look, Mike is I'm a good words, principled guy. <laughs> I like Mike Lee. I'm just kidding. I mean, you want me to start yelling
7: at him? No, 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 no. Look, look my, right. Mike's disagreement is, is with one aspect of the consumer freedom amendment, which is, which is a concession that I had to make to get it into the bill which is to require that, that plans on the exchanges and freedom plans all be in the same risk pool. And, and he points out that, that that ends up not reducing premiums for the freedom plans as much as, as we could. Um, and that's right. I agree with him. I'd rather it with two risk pools. That's how I drafted it initially. But with a single risk pool, we end up saving people with freedom plans seven thousand two hundred and sixty dollars a year. It's an
0: amazing that's a massive
7: saving. And going to two risk pools saves an additional six six hundred dollars. So it takes it from seventy two hundred to seventy eight hundred. That's good. Um you know, I I I think Mike is tr- is working productively and trying to get to yes, and I think he has.
0: From well, I'll the bring him on, on the program we'll and I'll yell at him, although he doesn't take my calls like he used to. But all right, let me ask you one final question. So you're up for reelection in 2018, right? I am. Does my endorsement help you or hurt you? Oh,
7: absolutely. I, absolutely. Look, you, you, well, I
0: enthusiastically endorse-, endorse you for re-election. We need you in the Senate. We really well, do. Thank I mean, you, Sean. you have been a leader and a principal conservative all these years. I know people thought we went sideways during the election. We did not. I've always loved Ted Cruz. And I would tell people all the time, and it frustrated me to no end. But, you know, honestly, if we don't have people like you in the Senate, we're, we're dead. We really need you. Well, sh- sh- Sean, Sean, thank you. And, you know, you endorsed me early
7: in the primary when I first ran for Senate in 2012, and I'm grateful for your friendship. And, I'll and, come and down and do anything support. you
0: need, because if we don't have Ted Cruz's in the Senate, we're, just, we're, we're done. Well, we really I, are.
7: I, I, I appreciate it very much, and, and if your listeners agree, our, our website is tedcruz.org, tedcruz.org, tedcruz.org.
0: All right, Senator. It's always a pleasure. Thank you for being with us, and thanks for what you're doing on this. We've got to get it done. Failure is not an option, and we'll follow it. It's frustrating as hell, but we've got to get it done. 800-941-SHAWN, our toll-free telephone number. you want to be a part of the program. Uh, When we come back, we're going to check in with Sarah Carter, Greg Jarrett. Amazing details that nobody in the media is covering about Hillary Clinton. And corrupt. Quick break. Right back. We'll continue. All right. Imagine for a second that the FBI is asking you for your phones and your devices to hand over. And you take a hammer and you smash them or you hand them over without the SIM cards. Well, new information from the FBI shows that Hillary Clinton did just that. Why is the media ignoring it? That's called obstruction of justice. Greg Jarrett, Sarah Carter next. Later on, we'll get to a lot of your calls today and more on health care, our top story.
1: I want to share with you today where I am at on health care reform. First off, I remain committed to repealing the Affordable Care Act. In, in Alaska, we are down to to one provider in the individual market. The state has been forced to spend its extremely limited uh, general fund dollars to stabilize that market, even as our premiums are, are still rising. So you've got rising premiums. We've spent a lot as a state to attempt to stabilize and and. We, we have just one uh, provider on the individual market.
4: Later this week, the Senate will consider a bill to repeal Obamacare, a costly disaster that four years later, six five years later, we see has cost countless people uh, access to their doctor, access to their health care plan of their choice, and the thousands of West Virginians from my state who have lost or had to change their coverage. We ought to ask individuals and families whose premiums and deductibles have skyrocketed, and the small businesses who have been forced to cut hours and employees. Americans deserve a health care system that works for them. And we know that Obamacare is not it. There is a better way.
5: In 2010, um, I don't think that many of my Democratic friends thought they were voting for a bill that would kill jobs. I really don't. I don't think they would have voted for it. I can't believe that they thought that Obamacare would drive up premium costs and make health care harder to get, as it has. But that is what's happening. And that's why I believe it needs to be repealed and replaced today here in the united states senate and tomorrow as we debate this and vote on it we've got a chance to move the ball forward and show people that at least a majority here in the united states congress agree we ought to address this issue Uh, this vote will show that there are some here in congress who are listening and have some answers our job is to do what's right And that's to pass this legislation to repeal and replace Obamacare, to give us a chance to get rid of some of the most detrimental aspects of it that are eliminating jobs, that are pushing health care costs higher and higher.
3: One of the major reasons that I strongly opposed the Affordable Health Care Act was that there was nothing affordable about it. I predicted it would lead to fewer choices and higher insurance costs for middle income families and small businesses. Congress must work together to address the very real health care concerns of the American people and the budget realities we face. Repealing Obamacare poorly crafted and misguided mandates and replacing the law with a fiscally responsible reform bill that contains costs and provides more choices is the best path forward. Thank you, Mr. President.
0: All right, hour two Sean Hannity show. There you have all the big four. Susan Collins, repeal Obamacare. Rob Portman, repeal Obamacare. Shelley Moore Capito repeal Obamacare. Lisa Murkowski, repeal Obamacare. It's unbelievable. You know, so you got four people now. Every other person that made the promise is willing, the president's willing to sign it. I've been here just six
8: months. I'm ready to act. I have pen in hand. Believe me, I'm sitting in that office. I have pen in hand. You never had that before. You know, for seven years, you had an easy route. We'll repeal, we'll replace, and he's never going to sign it. But I'm signing it, so it's a little bit different. But I'm ready to act. For seven years, you promised the American people that you would repeal Obamacare. People are hurting. Inaction is not an option. And frankly, I don't think we should leave town unless we have
0: a health insurance plan, unless we can give our people... Great health care. The House will go along with it. The Senate will go along with it. We'll get rid of this monstrosity, which I think works out better in the end anyway. I didn't like the House bill particularly that much. It wasn't everything we wanted. Anyway, here to comment and go through all of this with us, we have Betsy McCoy, probably knows more about Obamacare than anybody else in the country, and Dr. Josh Humber whose life I ruined, who runs the Atlas <laughs> M.D. practice in Wichita, Kansas, and now has devoted his whole life to doing the Sean Hannity show and going to Congress. How are you both?
9: <laughs> That's great.
0: Well,
10: Very good. Thank you.
0: What is your take, you know, Betsy McCoy? This is a disaster.
9: It How is you- a disaster. And let me point out that if members of Congress were feeling the same pain as the rest of us, like the 18 million people in the individual market mm-hmm. who have plans that are unaffordable with deductibles that are sky-high and another eight million people, Sean, who are paying a penalty the average penalty $995 now for not having Obamacare because they can't afford it. But members of Congress aren't feeling that pain despite what the Affordable Care Act says. The Act actually requires that members of Congress purchase their coverage on the Obamacare exchanges and follow the same rules as the rest of us. But wouldn't you know it, President Obama set up a way for them to weasel out of that legal requirement. So these members of Congress, including the hypocrites you just heard from, right, they get to choose from 57 gold plans and have us, John Q. Public and Jane Q. Public, pick up most of the tab. And that's one of the reasons, Sean, that they don't feel the urgency to do something about this, because they're not feeling the pain.
0: Well, I think that's all true. And by the way, did you see that they're thinking about not th- th- themselves, that they're not even uh, uh, going to apply the new laws to themselves? Right. It's just unbelievable.
9: It is unbelievable. And Madison warned us, Federalist yeah. 57, he warned us two centuries ago that the, as soon as Congress starts passing laws, that they're not willing to live by themselves, that is the end of freedom.
0: It really is. You know, Dr. Umber, I, I have you on the program. I, did, I didn't realize until the last time you were on that I started interviewing you back in 2012. I didn't even know. It's been five years I've known you. For five years, it's, we have been amazing. telling people that there's a there's a better way, that there, that it's working. You know, here you are, you're dedicating your life to your patients, and, and every doctor I know does the same thing. I have a great respect. Doctors sacrifice a lot, and And they save lives. Every doctor I know works for people for free because they can't afford it. Every doctor. They don't even question it. They they write off half the people they do now. But the point is, is you figured out a way that that every American can have concierge care. Doctor availability 24-7. And yet, you know... You go and talk to these idiots in Washington, and they still can't get it. I don't
10: understand it. I I, I agree, um, you, especially after you know, your uh, explanation on on it yesterday. There's a huge outpouring of questions, and the people want this. Um, they're they're calling, they're texting, they're emailing, they're asking us to find a doctor in their area because this just makes sense. But somehow, the, the same senators who said they would vote to repeal it now won't vote to repeal it are the same ones who just can't understand that this is a better model. It actually means less government, more free market, but more options. Now, poor patients get medicine for a penny a pill, too. That's great for them. And, and it, it, it I think, sad and frustrating um, that we're not penetrating farther into the D.C. mindset, I guess. No. Let I
9: mean- me point out that although the Congress seems to be at a standstill uh, because of the holdouts these actually, there are five or six senators now who are balking at the idea of supporting repeal because they don't want to repeal Medicaid, the Medicaid expansion. Let me point out that there is a way to offer relief to the millions of people we're talking about who are stuck in these Obamacare plans. They're unaffordable. They no longer have a choice of doctors or they're paying these penalties. The Affordable Care Act is really two laws glued together. One is the Medicaid expansion. That's where most people who were Uninsured got their coverage. And the other is this federal takeover of insurance laws that used to be done by the state. It used to be the states that regulated them. So if those senators are holding out on the Medicaid change... Congress should at least pass a repeal of the parts of Obamacare that regulate the commercial insurance market to give relief, choice, and affordability again to the 18 million people who are affected by those laws. I mean, at least take half a loaf. Reagan said way back in the 80s, I can't get a 10% tax cut, so I'm willing to settle for five. In the meantime, a half a loaf is better than nothing. They could pass Half of a repeal bill today, Sean, and provide relief to all those people in the individual market who are being unfairly what, what did you make
0: of, by the federal government. What did you make of McConnell's comments when he came out and said, all right, they're going to allow amendments to be in – and they plan on getting on this next week. Is that his signal to these four senators that, in fact, that, well, we'll give you, we'll give you what you need to get, the, get you over the hump?
9: It may be. He's got a lot to offer. And, of course, the president has virtually uh, an unlimited ability to offer these senators things. But the fact is they voted for the repeal before. They should be willing to do it again.
0: Yeah, I agree. You know, how many people, doctors around the country, Dr. Umber, have you been able to sort of offer a tutorial to and and they've taken your counsel and they've been able to build their own cooperatives? How many of these cooperatives now exist around the country?
10: We personally helped over 300 doctors convert to this model, Uh, and just in May we had 24 doctors uh, convert, Uh, but there's probably up to, you know, 500 to 1,000 doctors doing this model in some regard, but there's 250,000 primary care or family physicians, almost 500,000 family physicians, uh, primary care. We we have a long ways to go. Um, We... You know, and it is growing, and as doctors learn more, as patients learn more, it's really taken off in the last year or two, but we've got a long ways to go, and um, we need bad legislation to be removed to open up the floodgates and allow um, you know states to control this. If block granting Medicaid dollars from the, the federal government to the state makes sense because of less paperwork, then paying your doctor directly because of less paperwork makes sense, too. Um, if you, if we can lower insurance... You know, I, I just like want to 50%. remind people,
0: though, I, if I lived in Wichita, you know, now that I've gotten to know you, I mean, I have to like my doctor, and mm-hmm. I don't know if you'd be like my friend who's my personal doctor now, but he actually kidnaps me to to do a checkup on me, and then he never lets me go. <laughs> and, and it's because he loves me, and he knows that I'm not going to come in voluntarily. Right. And although that's not true, if I, you know, one time I accidentally dropped a knife on my leg, and I... Ooh. And I ripped it open, and then when I, one day he sees me we're playing golf, and and he looks at my leg. What did you do? I said, Well, I dropped the knife on it yesterday. He looks at it. You needed fifteen stitches, you idiot. <laughs> and I said, uh, Well, but it wasn't bleeding that
10: bad. And oh boy. Well, anyway, but it was a pretty deep. <laughs>
9: Let you me know, point if out, Sean,
10: that insurance premiums it, for by fifty percent for small businesses, and they make seventy percent mm-hmm. of the jobs. We would have an economic boom that would last generations. I mean, this isn't a need; this is a must. I mean, this this is an essential thing that needs fixed to help the the economy and help patients.
0: All right, guys, stay right there. We gotta take a a quick break. Eight hundred nine four one Sean. You want to be a part of the program? All right, so the meeting with the president has ended, and now we had Mitch McConnell, the Senate Majority Leader. I'm I'm mad at him, too, because you know what? They take their sweet you-know-what time in the Senate, and look what happens. And they could have gotten this done a lot earlier. There's no sense of urgency with any of these people in Washington. We still have an economic plan to pass. We still have a wall to be built. We still have hundred other issues to be dealt with and, and we're still fighting over health care it's beyond frustrating and then we have four senators you know that are now holding out well I I don't know anyway McConnell said there will be a vote and a motion to proceed and that's going to take place next week we continue with dr. Josh Umber. he's with Atlas MD in Wichita Kansas and Betsy McCoy what did you want to say Betsy I think oh, competition I want you to free point markets out that these
9: ahead. senators who so far are refusing to go along with repeal are cowed by the demagoguery coming from the Democrats who have so misrepresented the changes to Medicaid. It's only fair to point that out. Right now, the Democrats are saying, we need to continually expand Medicaid. How much? Over half of all the women who give birth in the United States now send the bill to Medicaid. There are 74 million people on Medicaid. That's 20 million more than on the universal health care program for the elderly, Medicare. And this rapid expansion of Medicaid is threatening to drown the nation in Reddick. It's already the largest item on many state budgets. So it's crowding out schools and roads and other needs. But the Democrats are unwilling to have a
0: discussion about how big Medicaid should be. Well, I mean, the thing that frustrates me, if they end up, because they're going to offer amendments now in this bill, if they end up bulking it up with pork and bribery for these senators to do what they said they were going to do, then, you know what, then it defeats the purpose, doesn't it?
9: It already does. Do you know that (laughs) I laughed when I saw that the Senate bill included $45 Forty five billion dollars billion with a B for opioid opioid treatment. Now here's the here's the gist of that. That's why that's so astounding. That's ten times more than the federal government is allocating for breast cancer research. It is forty times more than the Obama administration allocated for opioid addiction research and treatment. And yet Chuck Schumer senate majority senate minority leader is still complaining it's not enough it's just demagoguery
0: you know i guess from your perspective dr umber i mean as somebody that successfully offers concierge service to every patient you have over 600 patients you have how many doctors in your practice
10: we have five or so
0: okay and so you got all these patients, and you're doing it, and you're making a pretty healthy living, right? We are. And, I mean, that's the point. It, there's such a better way to do it. And then you listen to these idiots in D.C., and it frustra- It must frustrate you.
10: It, it is, because, like she was just saying, they're trying to throw money at a problem when that's not, not the solution. We keep throwing money at it, and we keep getting worse health care outcomes for it. Um, what they need, like, And that's why we we're excited that Trump, as a businessman, would come in and bring business entrepreneurial thought process in here and streamline and cut burdensome regulation and focus on value. And we could have a whole lot better health care system for a fraction of the price if the senators would just quit trying to grow the government. All right, i
0: got to thank you both for being with us. Uh, Dr. Umber, I'm sorry I ruined your life. I still love you. Thank you. And uh, Betsy McCoy, have you ever gotten rid of that marked-up copy of Obamacare or do you still have it in bed with you? We're
9: going to repeal it, so (laughs) it's on my desk.
0: Yeah, listen, I want your copy because I want to burn it. I want to <laughs> I want to get rid of it if, if they ever get rid of this thing.
9: Well, let's hope that we never see a bill pass no. through Congress that big again.
0: You're the only one that actually read the thing. All right, thank, thank you. you both for being with us. All right, what about the 42 pages, highly redacted documents, FBI, Greg Jarrett, Sarah Carter? They're next, and then much more in your call straight ahead.
11: Well, it's odd. It's like we have this giant Rorschach test where everyone sees ink blots and sees crimes everywhere. I mean, the criminal code it has defined elements to it. You just don't find these ambiguous crimes. Some people have said this could be treason. For the love of God, treason is defined in the Constitution. This is not treason. Other people have said this could be a Logan Act violation. Well, Logan Act has been used once in 200 years and is facially unconstitutional. One said, well, if you take things of tangible value under the campaign laws and treat information like that, then maybe you have a campaign contribution violation. Well, yeah, but we haven't seen that done. You could also treat it like a panda and say it's an endangered species violation, (laughs) but courts haven't done that. So I think that people need to take a breath. You know, this was a meeting where someone said they had evidence of a possible crime by the opponent of the Trump campaign. Mm -hmm. Um, They met with this person I think a lot of people in the city view that as naive I think a lot of people say my god why didn't you use a surrogate which is how it's done in Washington but that itself is not a crime if you get something of value and they're alleging that information from a value from
4: a, a foreign national could be you know stretched out to mean you know words is that something that's ever been prosecuted
10: of course not. And if
12: it were to be prosecuted, the First Amendment would trump. A candidate has the right to get information from whatever source the information comes. It's very much like the New York Times publishing the Pentagon Papers case or the Washington Post publishing material stolen by Snowden and Manning. Uh, you don't prosecute the newspaper. They have a First Amendment right. And you don't prosecute the candidate or the candidate's son. They have a First Amendment right to get the material. If the material was obtained unlawfully, you prosecute if you can, the people who obtained in the material, but there is a First Amendment right of a candidate to use information. And so you can't include information under the campaign finance law. That would be unconstitutional. Let me
13: ask you, I understand Hillary Clinton lost, and I understand this effort was not as elaborate as, as, as the Russian effort, but was it acceptable, or wouldn't it have been acceptable for the Democrats to accept help from the Ukrainian government in this campaign? Uh, no, it would be uh, appropriate for the Democrats to accept help from the Ukrainian government, uh, but I think if you look at the political article, and we're talking about just a a single article here. If you accept all the facts in the article, The scale of what the Russians did is not comparable to anything in that article. Uh, If it were, the comparable analogy would be that the Ukrainian president directed the Ukrainian intelligence agencies to steal, to hack Donald Trump's campaign, steal emails, publish them, directed a social media army to influence the election, and sat down, its representatives sat down with Chelsea Clinton and John Podesta, in which they indicated they wanted the dirt on Donald Trump. There's no suggestion anything of that magnitude. So the scale is different. acknowledge that, but this is problematic. This, this Ukrainian meeting is problematic in your eyes. Well, it would be problematic to get any kind of support from a foreign government. But again, I think to compare the two is a bit like comparing bank robbery. Uh, with uh, writing a check with insufficient funds, both appropriate money from the bank uh, improperly, but a very different degree of seriousness and involvement, uh, in this so, case by a foreign government.
0: All right, as we roll along, that was Jonathan Turley, Alan Dershowitz, and even Congressman Schiff, saying everything that we have been telling you about all of these issues, everything. Anyway, glad you're with us, 800 941 sean toll-free telephone number you want to be a part of the program, Sarah Carter, Senior Editor, Circa.com, Greg Jarrett legal analyst, Fox News. You know, Greg, let's go back to, and you've written columns about it in detail, and they have one respected liberal, democratic lawyer after another. Not toe the party line, but actually care about the rule of law, equal application of the law, and the Constitution saying, sorry, it's not a crime to get information if somebody says, I got something for you. But yet the media plays this up like, this is Watergate the 50th degree.
12: Well, and... What's interesting is that no member of the mainstream media seems to have bothered uh, to even look at the Federal Election Commission's government website. Which makes it perfectly clear that it's lawful for foreign nationals to be involved in American political campaigns, Sean. And in fact, let me just quote it. It's one line, and it's very simple. Even though a foreign national cannot make campaign contributions, he or she can serve as an uncompensated volunteer for any campaign or political party. And then the website uh, goes on to state that foreigners are allowed to camp, uh, attend campaign strategy meetings and events. The commission says none of this is considered to be a contribution. So how is it possible that the media ever bothers to look at the main website that explains the law on elections and what's legal and what's not legal with respect to the, the Russian lawyer? meeting with donald trump jr i mean it, it, do, you, is, do you
0: see a difference in the ukraine situation at all or is that legal in your mind too even though you have a, a dnc operative is being paid by the dnc meeting at the ukrainian embassy with the ukrainian ambassador and sharing the information with the dnc and the clinton campaign
12: yeah under the federal election commission's guidelines rules and the law and it conforms completely with the uh, code of federal regulations uh... you know which identifies crimes and non-crimes um, it is legal for you know hillary clinton to have collaborated with the ukrainian government as long as they're not in any decision-making capacity but providing information is is legal what's astonishing is the hypocrisy that you've pointed out repeatedly uh, among the mainstream media you know they they yawn and ignore the Hillary Ukrainian connection. But but they go apoplectic over Donald Trump mm-hmm. Junior meeting, you know, with a Russian lawyer to obtain information. In both cases it's perfectly legal, but the media demonizes Trump and gives a free ride to Hillary Clinton.
0: Let me go to you, Sarah. You know, Sarah, you've done so much good investigative work. And, you know, the media are all sheep because they just follow each other. And meanwhile, you you, and John and, and my friend Greg here, you all have broken ground. In so many different areas, you're the one that talked early on about a, a FISA surveillance warrant. You're the one that talked about another warrant. You're the one that exposed, yeah, Trump Tower was being surveilled. Then you talked about unmasking. We're supposed to have Susan Rice testifying this week, and we'll see if that happens and what's going on with that. But now we have uh, this this leak, this dump by the FBI it was fascinating to me because you got 42 pages of... Highly sensitive FBI criminal investigation into the email server scandal. And then you find out, you know, all part of a mid-year exam. Then they talk about grand jury material when you couple it with what Judicial Watch found. And then you begin to, you know, find out, well, Hillary Clinton, by the way, was asked by the FBI, she's obstructing justice, destroyed some of her her s- cell phone devices with a hammer, and then she hands over to the FBI cell phones that don't have a SIM card in them, which render them useless. <laughs> Isn't that obstruction of justice under any reasonable interpretation? Yes, it appears to be
14: an obstruction of justice. And this is what the FBI agent who were on the case, who were following this case, who were part of building a case against Hillary Clinton, looking at these facts. I mean, if you just look at these redacted documents and they're so, I mean, they're highly redacted. So there were pages and pages of documents that nobody could see. Judicial Watch just did not even have a word on them. But the ones that had few, a little bit of information. Expose that. You know that there were documents that were designated to go to a grand jury. And I can tell you this from talking to law enforcement officials who were very close to this case, who had firsthand knowledge of what was going on here. They told me that their senior leadership had them bending over backwards for the DOJ. I mean they just couldn't get two steps ahead because they were forced to bend backwards for the DOJ every single time. I mean to the point where I mean even former FBI director Comey had to admit where Cheryl Mills was sitting in on the interview with Hillary Clinton and she was a potential witness. He had to admit that that never happened. Mm-hmm. So there were a lot of issues with how this played out and I think you know, especially because of the work of Judicial Watch, which is what, you know, John and I try to do, get those documents, get those facts, so when the facts are on their face, nobody can dispute them. And what Judicial Watch was able to do was get these documents to give us a little peek into how difficult it was for our federal law enforcement officers, for our for our agents, FBI agents, who were conducting this investigation to conduct this investigation. And remember, Sean, uh, even within the FBI, senior leadership was basically, and this is according to sources that I've spoken with, they were saying, look, we're not going to have to worry about this after the November elections because basically Hillary is going to be the president. So Mm -hmm. everybody was assuming Hillary was going to win, right? At that point, those people that were supporting her, people within the FBI. So there was a reason to not move this case forward. And um, apparently from what we're seeing from these documents, that was not the case with those that were conducting the investigation.
0: All right. Stay right there. We'll continue. Greg Jarrett and Sarah Carter, 800-941-SHAWN, our toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. All right. It's really, really hot these last couple of days in the Northeast and New York. Hazy, hot, humid, Hannity days of summer. But, you know, look, you want the best comfort. You want the latest, greatest materials. You want to stay as cool and comfortable as possible. Well, some of you might be wearing, like, old T-shirts, and you're sweating like crazy in them, or old underwear, old socks, And it's amazing because you have moisture fabrics that are available today by Tommy John that actually will pull the perspiration right off your body. Now, why wouldn't you want the comfort or why are you living back 100 years ago with materials that just aren't relevant? And the great thing about Tommy John is they combine 21st century design patented fabrics that are so smart that they're the most comfortable T-shirts, underwear, socks you'll ever wear. And Tommy John underwear, by the way, is backed by the best pairs you'll ever wear, guarantee, or it's free. And you have nothing to lose. Anyway, here's the best part. Tommy John, right now if you order at TommyJohn.com, mention my name, Hannity, you'll save 20% off your first order. That's TommyJohn.com, 20% off by mentioning my last name, Hannity, TommyJohn.com. You're going to love the T-shirts, the underwear, the socks, and it's got the latest, greatest 21st century technology, and you will feel the perspiration just disappear off your body. It's amazing, it's cool, and it's comfortable for summer.
12: Uncle Joe has left the building. Maybe we can get back to bringing jobs home. That's jobs. J O
8: B S. This is the Sean Hannity Show.
0: we continue with Greg Jarrett and Sarah Carter, and uh, we're talking about Hillary Clinton. We have more information of obstruction of justice. Greg, let me ask you about, first of all, why didn't the media pick up on this 42-page FBI document dump? How come if if Hillary Clinton, if, if basically they mentioned the word grand jury. I'm thinking, all right, there might have been a grand jury convened. Then I'm thinking, okay, She, the whole narrative that she gave us was, well, I just wanted the convenience of one device. That was the whole narrative about the email server scandal. And I just wanted, I only had one device. Then we find out she has a BlackBerry, an iPad, an iPod, uh, or an iPhone rather. And then she, on top of that, she has a hammer and they break how many devices for her and smash them up into bitty pieces and then the FBI knows she has three other ones she hands them over without any SIM cards. Is that not obstruction of justice?
12: If you destroy evidence relevant to a pending investigation it's obstruction of justice. You're destroying evidence uh, to uh, allegedly hide a crime. And uh, you know they handed over two uh, phones, smartphones but without SIM cards, I mean, yeah, it's like handing over your computer. But I'm not going to give you my hard drive, so it's it's utterly worthless. And then they were requested to hand over; it was actually demanded that they hand over 13 mobile devices in all. They turned over none of them. So, and and all of the excuses that were offered were utterly vacuous. Um, and yet the. You know, the FBI lets it go, and the media ignores it in, in the dump that you just referred to when they you know, heavily redacted all of this information, but you can see what went on. They, the Hillary campaign, Hillary Clinton and, and all of her associates um, went out of their way to be uncooperative. It, it's amazing to me that five people received immunity, five others took the fifth, and yet Hillary Clinton wasn't even sworn... Uh, in during her brief interview in which all she could remember was her name and date of birth i mean more than 30 times she said i don't remember i don't recall she didn't even remember the tutorial she received telling her how to handle classified information
0: or the memos that she sent to her own staff i mean let's be yeah i you know this is why i don't know where jeff sessions is i maybe something's happening that we don't know about and maybe you'll be able to discover it sarah carter but i'm like okay we have a new (laughs) attorney general statute of limitations have not gone anywhere why isn't this woman being investigated?
14: I We don't know that we don't know that she's not, Sean, and let's just put it that way, you know, and I've, I've spoken to uh, a number of people in uh, federal law enforcement, and uh, many times these cases never fully get closed. So maybe they've reopened it. We don't know that yet, and you're right, I'm going to continue to investigate this. But just looking at all of those facts that we now see before us, laid out on their face, it's hard to imagine. Where Director Comey at the time, former Director Comey at the time, came to the conclusion on July 5th, 2016, to say that no reasonable prosecutor would take such a case. Um, Could you imagine if any of us had decided to... Destroy our what appeared to be evidence that the FBI was seeking, or take out the SIM cards out of our cell phones before. Or smash them them with a
0: hammer. I mean, imagine Sean Hannity is smash
14: them. Yes.
0: Why do I know I'd be in jail? Why do I know that I'd be hiring Greg Jarrett and Jay Sekulow and (laughs) you know Joe DiGenova, Victoria? I'd have to have fifty attorneys to get, and I'd still end up in jail. And you'd have to bring me a a file and a cake.
14: A file in a cake? Yeah, sure. I would, I would, I would definitely think about doing that, Sean. Either one
0: that or a bottle of that, vodka I mean, a day. Well, one of the other, so I won't even know I'm in jail.
15: Oh well,
14: if, if you if you bring up vodka, then they're going to collude you with the Russians. So bring
0: that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
11: <laughs> yeah, seriously. But
14: but looking at those facts on their face, I mean, they're very serious issues. Now you can understand the enormous frustration that a lot of federal investigators had when conducting this investigation, right? Apparently there were five separate FBI field offices conducting these investigations into well, the Clinton email server. And there was anger among the FBI agents. That's not just coming from the sources oh, that no. I've spoken with. McCabe himself admitted that.
0: I've, I've got to run, but I'm going to tell you, if this doesn't get open, we don't have equal justice under the law now. i got to take a break. I really appreciate both of you being with us. Greg Jarrett, Sarah Carter, and we'll continue. All right, News Roundup, Information Overload Hour, 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. We're going to get your calls on all of this, and if you want to be a part of the program, right, let's start with Seattle, Washington. Terry is standing by. Terry, hi, how are you? And glad you called.
16: Hey, Sean, how are you? I'm good. All right, so I actually met you once upon a time at a fundraiser in Honolulu, and I shook your hand.
10: Oh, my gosh, um, what the I one time I was there.
16: What want to about is the, uh, of why... The liberal agenda can maintain its momentum, even though, you know, they're in the majority in power. It's the squeaky wheel gets the grease, and conservatives need to get out of their safe space. This whole, we're the conservatives, we're right, they're wrong, we're going to win by logic, is not working. The silent majority is not working. We need more ground-level activism. Knocking on doors, giving the GOP money, is not working. We need to be more active.
0: Listen, I, I think what's going to have to happen, and it's all going to play out in the next few months, and we're going to know who we can count on and who really needs to go. And there's just going to have to be a, uh, there's just going to have to be some firings. I mean, look, one of the things I don't like to do in my business is fire people. I mean, Linda can tell you more than anybody. Linda, how hard is it for to get me to fire people? It's pretty hard, right? Yeah, it's pretty annoying. And Linda, you know, usually to get me to fire somebody it has you have to start at least a year out, right? More.
2: It's like 2. It's a nightmare.
0: It's an, I don't want to fire. And what is my rule? That people always fire, fire themselves. themselves. Okay, but I try to give everybody the opportunity and you know the way my brain works is that, you know, you want to give everybody every opportunity. And I understand that everybody doesn't have the urgency of a Linda or me or whatever and you you kind of everybody ha- you kind of put them in their zone and where As long as they're doing their part and their job and the way that's effective. But if they're not, you sit them down, you try and help them.
2: Well, you know what, Sean, can I can I jump in here for a second? Because Lauren and I worked really, really hard today and we tried our best as people who actually have the numbers on the inside to these senators. We have the press lines. We have the direct lines. We have direct emails. That's why we
0: gave them out earlier. but But, But
2: here's the real problem. So here we are, not calling the public numbers. You know, these people forget that they work for the American people. So we have a little bit of an advantage because we have a better number. We have a more direct email. We cannot get responses. We cannot get past an intern. We cannot get an answer. We cannot get a confirmation on a potential request for an interview. And the problem is you're willing to go out and make the American people subject to these rulings and these votes that you are either willing or unwilling to give, depending on what year it is. But you're not willing to talk about those votes and that opinion. You're only willing to issue statements where you don't have to be called to count for what you're actually saying. And it's I have to say, like, I'm appalled today. I'm so angry today. I, I, I can't even I don't even have enough words to talk about how angry I am.
0: Well, to be perfectly honest, I have been the victim of this wrath today behind the scenes. Well, so you I'm... deserve it. Okay. And so, uh, Terry, so what I'm, <laughs> what I'm actually doing is letting her vent right now because she needs to, better at the audience than me. But, but, uh, but she's I, right. I, feel I mean, a, how do you vote one way in right 2015? Right we all need to vent. I mean, yesterday I was left
16: staring at the sky in complete disbelief and awe. And what I'm seeing a lot of, and and this is just my instinct, you know, we talk about the money, we talk about locking on doors, public support. And what do you see on the left? What is working for them? You know, it's it's public. These people on the left and why they maintain their power is they've surrounded themselves with an army. We see it how they attack you. We see it how they attack other conservatives. They literally have an army that's willing to get as dirty as necessary to support their cause and on the right we're we're just more principled we're not going to burn down businesses and march down the street and block traffic
0: i think it's called work we're too busy work listen well yeah work you know let me me finish my point on firing though because this is important and what you're saying is true now is getting to a point i'm well beyond my two-year period here and this is now a seven-year-long process of repealing and replacing And I don't have any more patience. I have none. And for those people, when we get into this next week and this battle and this fight is engaged, and if they fail and if they don't do their job and we don't get lower premiums and we don't get this promise fulfilled, it's just I am going to have a list of names of people that need to be fired. Well, Hannity, we can't get rid of Susan Collins. It's our only chance in Maine of getting a Republican. Well, if she's not going to repeal Obamacare, she's absolute. What's the point? It's so frustrating. Or Lisa Murkowski demanding whatever it is. All right. I appreciate the call, Terry. i got to get to some other calls here. Mike is in Kentucky. Mike, hi. How are you? Glad you called, sir.
17: Hey, Sean, thanks. I uh, just want to say you're a true patriot I appreciate everything you've done. Uh, you know, the Senate's done a pathetic job of trying to do this repeal and replace. <clears throat> so I, I just want to throw out a suggestion. Why can't we replace and then repeal? And here's what I'll explain. Can't they pass a bill to begin selling insurance on a free market by the end of this year, and then people can choose Obamacare or they can choose the free market option? And if the free market option is less expensive and better, people are going to flock to that. And essentially that by itself will make Obamacare, uh, you know, fail even quicker by the end of Trump's first term. And so I'm just wondering, why can't they just do that? They have both options in place.
0: Well, I don't disagree at all. I mean, they could have, listen, Ted Cruz has a plan. Even the House bill, the CBO came back and said 30, 35 percent premium deductions. Premium deductions are huge, massive, needed, necessary. Free market competition is, is supposed to be what the Republican Party stands for. You know, that's where the the health cooperatives that we we talked about in the last hour come in, or the last half hour. That's where health savings accounts come in. These, You know, the things that are being done on the ground by people like Dr. Umber are so creative and so innovative. And it's so frustrating because, you know what, the average American can get concierge, top quality, 24-access care and they can get it for as low as $50 a month and 10 bucks a month for their kids. And we can get a 95% reduction in our pharmaceutical costs and we don't have to pay astronomical, you know, amounts of money going to emergency rooms when we have the concierge care. You know, something the carpenters, the contractors, the plumbers, I went out to dinner my son is home last night. I went out to dinner with him and I and we're at a restaurant And I met this guy. I didn't remember him, but, you know, some 15 years ago, he had worked on my house, you know, fixing a a plumbing problem I had. And and he reminded me of the situation. I said, OK, yeah, I remember. And I'm just talking to him about his business. And, you know, why doesn't that guy get the concierge care? Why is the government in the way in the first place? Why are we forcing young people to buy plans that they don't need, can't afford? And if they don't buy it, we're, we're penalizing them with a huge tax, which many of them end up paying. It's so frustrating. Government is not by, of, and for the people. Big government is the problem. Reagan has said it. You know, for all the work the president has done, some of the best work he has done, you don't even know about because he's just rolling back Obamacare rules and regulations. Because, you know, every five seconds the government wants to tell you you can't eat salt or you can't drink a soda or you can't drink this many ounces of soda. And yet, is, is that the role and function we want from these people?
17: Right, right. Uh, I think if we can get a, if we can get a replacement out there and let let people compare Obamacare to the replacement, I think people will start going through replacement and quit focusing on trying to repeal it first. And uh, the replacement by itself, No, I disagree. I, th- I, I think you got
0: to repeal it. You got to get rid of it because that allows all new creativity. I I never liked the House bill for that reason. Dump it and start over, and you can create the transition period where people are covered and nobody's going to get hurt. As long as you don't pork it all up, I mean, honestly, this is the this this is going to work out so much better in the end. I, in my opinion, it's so much better. Anyway, I appreciate the call eight hundred nine four one. Sean, you want to be a part of the program? As let's see, as we check in now, uh, John is in Indianapolis. John, hi, how are you? Glad you called,
18: John. It's fantastic to talk to you, my friend. What's going on? Um, hey, you, you got
16: uh, you got
17: Mr. Rand Paul and uh, Mr.
16: McConnell are both from you know the great state of Kentucky, but it's like they don't talk to each other. You know,
0: no, like they talk guy... to each other. What's that? What's that? They they no, they talk to each other. They actually have like a I don't know. They have this like alliance. Okay, I won't I won't go after you. You don't go after me. I mean, it's very transparent. I mean, Miranda's very popular in the state. Mitch McConnell probably a little less so. And Rand has decided he's not going to go after the majority leader, and the majority leader I'm sure doesn't like Rand's position. He won't fall in line on a lot of issues, which is good for Rand. And I think this was Rand's idea from the get-go, and I thought it was a a good idea, and I remember telling him, I'll support that idea. Let's repeal it like we did in 2015. I didn't expect four senators, three of which voted to repeal it in 2015, to backtrack on on their repeal. Nobody expected it, you know. All right, John, thank you, my friend. Teresa Frederick, Maryland, next.
14: taking the call. I guess in the last few months I've been very frustrated, but what's been happening in the last couple of days has just absolutely been sickening. Um, You know, right now in Congress, they don't seem to have the American public's interest um, at all. Uh, They're more interested, to me, in things that don't matter. The election results, Russia, trying to get back at Trump, you know, my message to them is you know, do what the American people voted you in for. Do the Republican agenda and start doing your job. You know, and you're, I'm just repeating what you just said in that um, two years ago they were going to repeal Obamacare and now they're not. And why? Is it because it's, it's Trump's the president? Is it because of special interests? Is
0: I really it begin to wonder. they really
17: don't want to?
0: I really think and I've said this that there are five groups that don't like the president. And I have said that two of those groups are never trumpers and weak republicans. And right. I do believe there is an element of some in the Republican Party that does not want this man to succeed. And yeah, I think they they if they think they come from a liberal enough state and they can get away with it or they can act like they're giving away free stuff to their their constituents. And that's their excuse. I, I think it's, you know, I, I don't put it past these these idiots. All right, I want to play for you some comments. We had Mark Meadows and Jim Jordan on the program uh, last night. And I want to play what they said about the health care bill that they've been so instrumental in helping get done. I like the clean repeal idea, but three Republican senators, you have what, uh, Collins, Murkowski, and Capito, I think is their name all saying they're against it. We don't have the votes already for that. Congressman Meadows.
18: Well, I mean, one of the problems is two of those senators you just mentioned actually voted on this very same bill last year. And so to suggest that they're going to vote no now when they voted yes to send it to a president, Barack Obama, then why not send the same bill to President Trump? Because I can tell you, we'll get a different result. We're being outworked by the president of the United States. We've got to get it done here. And enough is enough. A clean repeal. If we can't uh, find a repeal and replacement vehicle, now's the time to act, Sean. Yeah. And Congressman Jordan? No, I mean,
15: look, it never hurts to do what you said, right? We told the American people we we're going to repeal it. Let's let's pass the same thing we passed in 2015. And it's a very different animal when you actually call the vote up. I always tell people, if if, if you never kick the ball off and play the game, you never, you're never going to actually know who, who wins. So sometimes the conventional wisdom doesn't hold true. Let's call the roll. Let's see what happens. They might say they're going to vote against it. Call it up both in the House and the Senate. And let's say, OK, are you really going to vote different than you voted just 15, 16, 17 months ago? Are Are you really going to do something different than you told the American people you were going to do the last six years? Never forget 2010, 2014, 2016 elections. This was a central issue where we promised them repeal. So let's call it up and see if what they say now actually happens when it's the roll call and they're out there on the floor of the Senate of the House actually casting the vote.
0: Is there anybody at all on the Democratic side of the aisle that's willing in any way to help? Is Joe Manchin any Democrat you can think of, or are they just, you know, literally cheap? So well, that, that's the th- if
15: you repeal it
0: first, then
15: maybe you can put together a coalition with some Democrats and Republicans to address right. the. So, repeal it first, then you might be able to put together the coalition to
0: actually accomplish yeah, some listen, things that actually, both sides agree with. Th- th- Congressman Meadows, this could actually work out better. You repeal it first, and. Like, and they all voted for it, as you said, in 2015. Right. If you were, Then you could really make, add the cooperatives I'm talking about, add the health savings accounts we've been talking about, add the catastrophic care that I've been talking about. Interstate I shopping. I think it could work out better. <laughs>
18: Well, you're right. All those points. The president made that point last night uh, when he commented on this the very first time. He says, we'll get some Democrat uh, involvement. You know, when we're talking about repeal, it's very difficult for a Democrat to vote on anything that repeals something that has their president's name on it. But once it's repealed, yep. it's all about coming together and finding out what works best. And, and my good friend, uh, Jim, just mentioned that. It's about that competition across state lines. It's about making sure that we have association plans uh, that actually can provide a group kind of policy that would drive premiums down protect those pre-existing conditions but we've got to be all hands on deck uh, you know having failure is not an option right now and so whether it's on the senate side or the house side let's go ahead with a clean straight repeal and get it done and make sure that we send something to the president so he can sign
0: all right mark meadows jim jordan you know but for the freedom caucus i honestly have no faith in people in washington all right, we'll take a break. We'll come back when we come back. Your calls coming up straight ahead. All right, twenty-five till the top of the hour. Toll-free telephone number is eight hundred nine four one. Sean, you want to be a part of the program? A lot more to say. We're just going to continue to give out the names and phone numbers of all these people in Washington that aren't keeping their word, and it's unbelievable that we have, you know all of these issues, all of these problems, all of these promises, all of these perks, all of these spoiled brats, and they can't get together and get a single job done. It's amazing to me. Anyway, we're going to get your calls in here. Scott in Oklahoma. Scott, hi. How are you? What's up, Scott? Welcome to the program. Thanks
17: for everything you do, and uh, you're a great part of my day. Thank uh, you. What's going on? I just just want to say that, you know, Yesterday I was pretty apoplectic about all the news that, that Congress is just going to shoot down the the health bill that you know they promised they're going to get rid of for seven years, sixty-eight times they voted on it, and uh, you know, and now they're not going to do anything about it, and that's just. That's a betrayal to us, you know. Well,
0: I'm not sure they're not going to do it. I mean, I honestly think that we're, we're just going to keep mounting pressure and mounting pressure. And, you know, I'm a little pissed off at people like Ron Johnson. Oh, let's just move on to the economy. No, you don't get to move on to the economy that quickly. You don't. you got to finish your work here. And, you know, this is what really ticks me off. You know, about people like Susan Collins and Rob Portman and Lisa Murkowski and Capito. All these people. Oh, repeal, 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 repeal. They're all on tape. Repeal, repeal, repeal. And then they don't get it done. Now they're not willing to do what they said they were going to do.
17: And, exactly. Exactly. You know, that's, that's, that's that's the betrayal I'm talking about. Even if it's just for them, they all said they were going to do it, and now they're not. It's you know? uh, what well are we supposed to believe them anymore
0: no on anything? It, it, well you know and that's why we're trying to hold these people accountable and and hold them to their word that means that every other senator every other congressman that's willing to vote for repeal and fulfill their promise they're being held hostage by four people that have changed their position I mean seriously I mean you really can't blame anybody else but these four Murkowski Shelley Moore Capito Rob Portman and Susan Collins, they all, as I've been playing, they all said repeal Obamacare. They've all said it. They've said it repeatedly. They said it again and again.
4: Later this week, the Senate will consider a bill to repeal Obamacare, a costly disaster that four years later, six, five years later, we see has cost countless people uh, access to their doctor, access to their health care plan of their choice, and the thousands of West Virginians from my state who have lost or had to change their coverage. We ought to ask individuals and families whose premiums and deductibles have skyrocketed, and the small businesses who have been forced to cut hours and employees. Americans deserve a health care system that works for them. And we know that Obamacare is not it. There is a better way
1: want to share with you today where I am at on health care reform. First of all, I remain committed to repealing the Affordable Care Act. In, in Alaska, we are down to, to one provider in the individual market. The state has been forced to spend its extremely limited uh, general fund dollars to stabilize that market even as our premiums are, are still rising. So you've got rising premiums, we've spent a lot as a state to attempt to stabilize, and, and we, we have just one uh, provider on the individual market.
5: Today here in the United States Senate, and tomorrow as we debate this and vote on it, we've got a chance to move the ball forward and show people that at least a majority here in the United States Congress agree we ought to address this issue. Uh, This vote will show that there are some here in Congress who are listening and have some answers. Our job is to do what's right, and that's to pass this legislation to repeal and replace Obamacare, to give us a chance to get rid of some of the most detrimental aspects of it that are eliminating jobs, that are pushing health care costs higher and higher.
3: One of the major reasons that I strongly opposed the Affordable Health Care Act was that there was nothing affordable about it. I predicted it would lead to fewer choices and higher insurance costs for middle income families and small businesses. Congress must work together to address the very real health care concerns of the American people and the budget realities we face. Repealing Obamacare cares poorly crafted and misguided mandates and replacing the law with a fiscally responsible reform bill that contains costs and provides more choices is the best path forward. Thank you, Mr. President.
0: And every other senator and congressman that made the promise. And now they're not willing to do what they can do. The only thing I can say is call them. Call them and tell them to keep your promise to the American people, and stand up for what you said you were going to do. Well, I can't change my mind. Well, I think we need the replacement now. That's not what they all said. You get, you have a perfect transition. You have two years. That gives you time to actually do something right, and you got plenty of warning. Although they'll end up waiting till the last minute anyway. You know, or Murkowski's going to demand some type of, you know, quid pro quo, holding everybody a bridge to nowhere of some kind. Anyway, it's frustrating. It really is frustrating. Let's go. All right, here's a liberal, Tracy, Katie, Texas. Katie is ha- uh, Tracy is happy that health care has failed, aren't you? You're very happy about that.
19: No, I'm not happy that it failed so much, Sean. I'm looking at the fakeness of the party. Look, for all these years, it's been posturing. And all it did was posture just so it can get elected. If anybody knows the true origin of the health care, they know it came from the Heritage Foundation. They know that Mitt Romney actually implemented in Massachusetts. And, you know, I realized what was so cold, Mitt Romney could have actually stole the election from Obama if Mitch McConnell, who should be fired, didn't posture and make Mitch McConnell go against Obama. I'm going to show you something. Romney could have stole the election from Obama by simply saying this. Ladies and gentlemen, Obama implemented the health care improperly and wrong. I did it in Massachusetts, and I can do a better job than Obama. This is when the, the rollout was really bad. But all they did was positive for the Republicans to to
0: get the vote. Listen, I'm now, going to agree with part of years, what you're saying, and I know I'm going to disagree with you. All right. All right but now, but, I'm not I'm not disagreeing that these were show votes. I'm not disagreeing right. that these people had no intention of keeping their words. It was evident to people like me, you know, back when they wouldn't use their the constitutional authority and the power of the purse. It was obvious to me. It really was. So I knew back then, and this audience knew back then. But with that said, if you can't get the full loaf, you got to take three-quarters. If you can't get three-quarters, you take two-thirds. But Sean,
19: Sean, let me say this. Here's the thing that gets me the most. Right now, I'm listening to the the Republicans crying. You know what? The Democrats won't help us.
0: All right, but but here's here's the problem with your argument, Tracy, because your side gave us keep your doctor, keep your plan— on average, the average family saves $2500 a year. You're the one that said, "Oh, we'll have choices and options." You're the one that said, "Okay, so we we'll let millions lose their doctors, millions lose their care, millions more that only have one wait, option." Sean, wait, hold Excuse on. me. Sean, and on Sean. average, a $6 to $8000 increase per family and nobody saved any money. And then you had young people forced to subsidize the 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 poor, the uninsured, the elderly, and the sick. So I really don't want to hear that you have the answers either. But with that said, the answer is in the free market. You know, the answer is things like what I have been telling this audience about since 2012, and that's health cooperatives. I mean, it has the word cooperative in it. Do you think liberals would love it? Fifty bucks a month, unlimited care, concierge care for the average American. They deserve it and you have a doctor on call 24 seven and you have a 95% uh, discount on, on drugs and pharmaceuticals and you get stitches and broken bones taken care of and all your care. And then you couple it with a catastrophic plan, which is relatively inexpensive based on the amount of deductible you're willing to pay. And then when you have that, you're fully covered if you get cancer, have a heart attack or a bad accident. None of this is that hard. What bothers me is they can't, these people frustrate me. So I'm saying, put them in a room, take away their air conditioners, put in fans, send in water, Coke, Pepsi, Sprite, whatever, pizza, Kentucky Fried Chicken, Wendy's. You know what? No no fare from the Senate dining room, no barbershops, no workout rooms. Go do your job, no vacations. And get it done.
8: I've been here just six months. I'm ready to act. I have pen in hand. Believe me. I'm sitting in that office. I have pen in hand. You never had that before. You know, for seven years, you had an easy route. We'll repeal, we'll replace, and he's never going to sign it. But I'm signing it, so it's a little bit different. But I'm ready to act. For seven years, you promised the American people that you would repeal Obamacare. People are hurting. Inaction is not an option. And frankly, I don't think we should leave town unless we have a health insurance plan, unless we can give our people... Great healthcare. So my message today is really simple. We have to stay here. We shouldn't leave town and we should hammer this out and get it done. And not just a repeal. I think the people of this country need more than a repeal. They need a repeal and a replace. We can repeal, but we should repeal and replace. And we shouldn't leave town until... This is complete until this bill is on my desk. And until we all go over to the Oval Office, I'll sign it and we can celebrate for the American people.
0: And for all these people like Murkowski and, and, and Portman and Collins, I'm just sick of these people. Every one of them. It's such a disappointment. The whole country now sitting, you know, the, the president makes a promise. He's sitting on it. Uh, You know, every Republican that made a promise to repeal. They're all now sitting on their hands because of four people that can't keep their word. It's despicable to me. I don't know. You make make a promise, you keep your promise. And they haven't done it. But the best thing we need to do is get rid of this monstrosity and this disaster, which is Obamacare. Anyway, 800-941-SHAWN, toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. All right, let's say hi to Ben is in Montana. Ben, hi. How are you? Glad you called.
20: Hey, Sean. Thank you very much for taking my call today. You know, I've been listening to your show and many others this whole period with this whole conversation thing going on. The thing that keeps nagging at me, why aren't they talking about the cost of health care? Why aren't they getting into the nuts and bolts?
0: Well, well Ted good, Cruz well, came uh, up with a proposal well, did, to
20: do did, did, that. Yeah, yeah. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, so the thing that's been bothering me about this whole conversation... Why aren't they getting into the nuts and bolts about the cost of health care? It's a difficult issue. It's a complicated issue, but they're treating it as a simple black and white matter of how to pay for it, which doesn't seem to address any of the actual reasons why we're in this position. You know, it, the, I can see the reasons why these Republicans are backing off of it because a lot of the echoes of what everybody promised was a repeal and replace. And you don't, the last thing I think that anybody wants to do is to make a move that's just gonna totally break down the entire system in the first place. Since that's
0: basically where we're at right now. What's missing is the free market. You know, and this is the beauty of the cooperatives and health savings accounts. That's the beauty of portability. That's the beauty of competition. You have all yeah. you, you know you have trillions of healthcare dollars and the American people are smart. Instinctively it's like buying a car. You know, most people now have figured out car dealerships and pretty much, you know, the price of the car before you ever walk in the dealer and the dealers know that everybody knows. And similarly, if if you, if people are given the choice and the option of health care plans, they're going to go for the plan that's inexpensive, that offers the most care for the least amount of money. And those companies that offer it are going to be the companies that benefit and the companies that make a profit and the companies that have more customers
20: perhaps. And I like that you just said profit because that's really the the hinge point on this. I think that to some degree we can all understand that there's going to be a population of healthcare consumers that need more help than others. And when you're looking at it from a profit standpoint, you're going to have to draw a line somewhere. As a brief example, the only reason, for example, that my wife can afford the medication that she's on right now is because of the the Medicaid expansion here in Montana. Now I can see easily going off the rolls for that which i understand and there's we can make we can work through and make do but there's certainly other customers who aren't going to be in that position at all and i think that the fear is is
0: listen but you got to understand if you're a doctor imagine for a second you're the doctor okay you're the guy that spends four years in college three or four years in medical school you work for next to nothing you know doing a residency and an internship and then you finally have to you know, work in a practice and turn the lights on and rent or buy a building. Absolutely. You know, it's... Absolutely.
20: And that's what I mean. I mean, because you got these guys trying to navigate the healthcare, the healthcare industry themselves and provide good services to people. Right. And they're in an industry which is just tapping every person in it, both the providers and the customers, for every dollar that they have, within reason, but those losses are there. And we've even seen the benefits going to these insurance providers and they have to make their margins too but it's like every everywhere you look in the system there's a whole
0: i got a break but no problem all right appreciate your your word all right that's going to wrap things up for today let not your heart be troubled hannity tonight 10 eastern you know what i'm going to do Rather than be angry, I'm going to give all the answers to the Republicans on health care. Because we've discussed them. And if they follow our plan, we can help the American people. All right? So we're going to help them out. Kellyanne Conway will also react to that. Also, Dr. Sebastian Gorka and media freaking out over, oh, the big dinner that Merkel had and, and Trump talked to Putin. And I got a mini monologue on Hollywood hate and Rosie O'Donnell and Lou Dobbs tonight, 10 Eastern, on the Fox News Channel. Set your DVR. And we'll be back here tomorrow. Thanks for being with us. That's HenryUSA.com, free catalog decals for the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. Hollywood is under siege from an external force. Now, the same Hollywood that sold the American dream, they are now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Now, you can join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter, in the Hollywood Takeover brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some of the major studios. Now, don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. And for a limited time, you can watch the first 10 minutes for free at HollywoodTakeover.com slash S-E-A-N.